1: Superstar Frank Marino, do you know what today is? Today, in addition to being Monday, in addition to being Martin Luther King Jr. Day Observed. Today is the Iowa caucuses, or as Rush Limbaugh used to refer to them, which I've always liked, the Hawkeye Caukey, which is great. And it is going to be very cold. I was just uh, telling uh, Noam Laden, who you're going to hear from in about 24 minutes, Just saying, I can't imagine with the weather, uh, depending on where in the state you're talking about, blizzard-like conditions, negative 5, negative 6, negative 10 degrees, that these folks are going out to caucus. Now, a caucus is not like just a regular primary or regular election. It's not like you go to the voting booth and you click who you want to vote for and then leave. Takes two minutes. No, you you basically are meeting in gymnasiums and auditoriums and churches, uh, church, you know, churches, all sorts of things for hours. It's a multi-hour process, and you try to win people over. You argue with people. It's it's kind of like a, a hybrid between a town hall meeting and an election, right? So it's going to be chilly there today. Very chilly, snow. It is just. Crazy. It is the coldest Iowa caucus on record. The Just to give you an idea, in 2020, it was 36 degrees. In 2016, it was 47 degrees. In 2012, it was 40 degrees. Today, it's going to be a high of negative 4 degrees. Okay, it's... And a blizzard. Okay. All right. Now... That's what's happening. Do you know what HARP is? H A A R P. HARP, H A A R P, stands for High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program. Is it any wonder they had to go the acronym route and make it HARP? It's a program at the University of Alaska Fairbanks that studies the ionosphere. The highest part of Earth's atmosphere that is ionized. Okay. Do you know who Laura Loomer is? Laura Loomer is, she's been a guest on this show at least once, uh, and I'm going to try and see if she wants to come on tomorrow to talk about exactly what I'm going to bring to your attention. So she posted on Twitter, now that she's been, brought back to Twitter. She was banned. She was really the first person deplatformed from everything because of things that she has said about Muslims and, and other entities as well. But she posted on Twitter, this is a quote, is the deep state activating HARP to disrupt the Iowa caucus? We all know Nikki Haley has a lot of friends in the defense industry and military industrial complex. She's losing in Iowa, and now Iowa is set to get hit with a once in a decade blizzard as Donald Trump is set to dominate the Iowa caucus. Is the deep state using HARP to rig the Iowa caucus looks like weather manipulation to me. Now, I don't know if she was joking, but it doesn't sound like she was joking. It's um it sounds like she was being sincere. And she was um mocked by this widely. And uh now now she's saying she was joking. Now she's basically saying um, you know, the media has no sense of humor besides everyone really, everyone knows who really controls the weather. And uh, this is someone that's very close to President Trump uh, and to my friend Roger Stone. But I am curious what you make of this. By, by the way, this is someone, Laura Loomer, who Donald Trump Jr. recently argued should be Trump's press secretary if he's reelected. And so she was mocked for this. I could see it being sarcasm because I sometimes, you know, I made a joke, a sarcastic remark about Goldman Sachs over the weekend. And I guess you could, if you didn't know that I was joking, you could think that I was just dumb. But I'm wondering one, do you think she was joking? 800 848 9222, 800 848 9222. Two, and I realize this may sound outlandish, do you think maybe there's a possibility that what she's saying is true? I don't, and I'll I'll tell you why. Um, 800-848-9222. um? what do you make of the reaction to this? Because people are going crazy over this. So the... one per one person noted that the replies to Laura Loomer accusing Nikki Haley of controlling Harp are an even split between girl you need some help and the cabal makes blizzards and nobody will discuss it. Is there anybody that thinks maybe there is something here? 800 848 9222 Now, I don't preclude election manipulation of any type by the military-industrial complex. I don't. I could absolutely see. This is a multi-billion dollar collection of businesses that will have a tougher time, probably, if Trump is elected than if either Haley or Biden is, are elected and they're just going to continue these endless wars in um, all the places that we're funding them and selling weapons to. So, if Trump is elected, it's Likely a different story. But the reason I don't think this this makes sense, if it is a serious theory and not just a joke, the reason I don't think it makes sense is because I think the worse the snow is, the colder it is, the worse the weather is, I think it only helps Trump more. The people that are likely to vote for Trump are incredibly enthusiastic about him. There there could be rain, snow, sleet, tidal waves, alien invasion and these people are still going to find a way to caucus for Trump. So I think the bad weather actually helps Trump rather than uh, Nikki Haley or the others. And so you know the people that support Haley most of them I think are never Trump Republicans. Or independents or Democrats who, since there's no Democratic Iowa caucus, they can all vote in the Republican caucus. That's where a lot of her support is going to come from. And if she ends up finishing second over DeSantis, then I think a lot of people are going to attribute that to the Democrats and the independents that are going to be caucusing for her. But I'm curious what you make of this whole thing. 800-848-9222. 800 848 too. Let me say hello to the original Rick in New Jersey. Hi, Rick.
2: Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I just just wanted to chime in quickly because uh, Martin Luther King, when he died, some, I haven't heard of how it affected people like that day or that, that weekend. I think it was in the middle of the week or something. But it changed how I dealt with race relations all my life because something my father made me do. You know, I, I grew up in a Italian black neighborhood, much like Spike Lee's do your right thing kind of thing. And uh, when it happened, I was scared to go to school. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get killed going to school. Because right? every, every white person I knew was going to stay home from school the next day because they were afraid. And my father, he said, oh, no, no, Ricky, you're going to school. You're going to show them that you don't agree with this. That you're you're there in solidarity. You stay away. You're going to be just one of everyone else. And I, I thought I was going to get killed. And I went there, and it was just like my father said. You know, I was getting the, the brother handshake and the high fives, like, hey, man, thanks for showing up, you know. And they treated me completely different the whole rest of the four years <laughs> of high school. Yeah, I was the only white guy that could go into the upstairs bathroom and come out alive, you know. I mean, it was really, it was like, wow, okay, you can't go along with what's going on just because of fear. If you agree that something's wrong, go there and tell them. I, I, I'm i with you. That was wrong. and So I just wanted to chime in on that.
1: Yeah, well, that's a great story, Rick. I like that a lot. I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Uh, 800-848-9222. Oh, so just uh, I'll, to close the loop on what I was talking about in terms of football. So to, today, because they did move the Buffalo game to today, you have uh, the game that was originally supposed to be scheduled yesterday. That's going to be this afternoon, and then you have the um, you have the other game that uh, is uh, Pittsburgh and excuse me uh, Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. So I have taken I've taken the Bills. Now they're playing the Steelers. Their Bills are favored by ten and a half points. So I am essentially picking in my pool. And again, we're talking thirty bucks here just to participate in all these games. It's really more mostly just fun. But in my pool, I am predicting that Buffalo will win by more than ten and a half points. That's my prediction. And uh, the other game that's going to happen tonight is Philadelphia versus Tampa Bay. Philadelphia, when they they came out with the line, they were favored by three and a half. I'm taking Tampa Bay. So that's that's kind of where I am. I'm rooting for Buffalo and and Tampa Bay. So if I'm right, I will have gotten one, two, three, four, five, five out of six games correct. I'm not sure if that's going to be enough to, you know, win me the week. I don't know if there's somebody that's gotten all six correct. Uh, I, don't, I didn't have time to look at the uh, chart. Tony, you were saying, um, now do you bet on sports or do you, do you do what I do, like a football pool? What do you do?
3: No, I just watch the game. Oh, you just watch the game? Yeah
1: but you were saying you predicted that um that that you had similar picks to what i was I making i knew
3: kansas city was going to win yeah um i was going i was rooting for houston and i was praying that green bay beat dallas so i'm happy
1: yeah i mean that was some some game so who do you like in today's games
3: um pittsburgh and buffalo um, i'm going with buffalo um with philadelphia but and- do you
1: think buffalo will cover that spread 10 and a half points <laughs>
3: see I really, like I said, I don't get into the spread, you know, like whoever, like at the end of the game, the final, whoever has the W has the W, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, um, and with the second game, Tampa Bay and Philadelphia, that could be a toss up because, you know, Philadelphia really hasn't been good towards the end of the season. You have to take them at face value.
1: Yeah. And didn't they just have some sort of injury? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. I don't know. Um, uh, Elias, do you follow up NFL football at all? Not not
4: too much, but uh, I actually did bet on. I think that was Saturday night's game with the Browns and Texas.
1: Why do, why would you bet on a sport that you really don't follow? I mean, I guess I did the same thing, yes. but why, why why would you do that? I would think you if you know you would be more likely to bet on something that you do follow.
4: You know, I, I, I usually you know when I do bet not not that often, but I bet on I bet on hockey, and you know I open up the app and I see I see that the Texans are playing. And I'm with uh, I'm with a friend of mine. He says, "Hey, I follow football. Uh, y- you know, you-, you should probably go with the Texans." And I was like, "Okay." See, you, mm-hmm. your friend and
1: my wife, you know, were much smarter than Brian Kilmeade, who did acknowledge that. By the way, I tweeted about that, and then he acknowledged that he called it wrong. So, uh, so uh, that's a- how much did you win? Can I ask you how much you won, uh, Elias? How much did you win? Uh, I did not. You Be- did not. Oh, because did
4: not- I made I made a really dumb decision. I made a parlay between a football, the football game and a couple hockey games and I lost one
1: of the hockey Oh, games. see that's the thing with these betting apps that I that I'm just lost. There's 900 different ways that you can place a bet. You can place a money line bet, then you can place a bet just on the, you know, on the point spread, then you can uh, place a bet uh, for individual players, individual statistics. It's uh, there's a lot going on. All right, going to get to the phones in a moment. 800-848-9222 if you want to comment two open lines. I did want to give an update on this story just because we've been following it for a while. Do you remember the pair of alien mummies that mysteriously turned up at the airport in Peru's capital last October? Well, they're saying that these alien mummies have entirely earthly origins This is according to a scientific analysis revealed Friday. These two small specimens were described as... Are you ready for this? Humanoid dolls by experts at a press conference in Lima and likely fashioned from both human and animal parts. A separate three-fingered hand believed to be from... Peru's Nazca region was also analyzed with experts ruling out any connection to alien life. Uh, Flavio Estrada, an archaeologist with Peru's Institute for Legal Medicine and Forensic Sciences, says they're not extraterrestrials. They're dolls made from animal bones from this planet joined together with modern synthetic glue. It's a totally made-up story. So the two figures turned up in the Lima Airport offices in a cardboard box, and they were made to look like mummified bodies dressed in traditional Andean attire. And so some media outlets subsequently speculated about possible alien origin. Last September, two tiny mummified bodies with elongated heads and hands with three fingers were featured at a Mexican congressional hearing generating widespread media coverage. Mexican journalist and UFO enthusiast Jamie Masson, who's been wrong on some stuff before, claimed those bodies were about a 1,000 years old and recovered from Peru in 2017, but not related to any known species. Most experts, including in the UFO community, they later dismissed them as a fraud, possibly mutilated ancient human mummies combined with animal parts, but certainly from Earth. So there you have it. That's one mystery that I think we can label as solved. They are not aliens. But I I don't know who would make a doll out of human and animal parts. I mean, I I guess the only reason you would do it is if you're trying to perpetuate some sort of hoax, which it seems like they were trying to do here. All right. 800-848-9222. Pamela is in New Jersey. Hi, Pamela. Uh,
4: Good morning. Uh, You know, uh, in reference to weather manipulation, Cindy Adams told an interesting story today about her um, friendship with Imelda Marcos. She uh, was a force in getting, uh, Cindy was, a force in getting Miss Universe pageant in the Philippines. And Imelda was very happy and so pleased. And the day of the pageant, a hurricane was on the way. And Imelda, who her and her husband were in charge of the Philippines, uh, she sent up the Air Force. To do something, Cindy said, I'm not sure what happened, but that hurricane avoided us and allowed us to get the pageant done, and it came a couple days later.
1: Well, that's wild. Um, i got to go back and listen to that. I heard a bit of her show, but I didn't didn't hear that. Hey, do you think there's anything to this, then? Do you think that someone could be manipulating the weather to benefit Nikki Haley politically? Well, you
4: know... um, it's possible. They do seed clouds, and, uh, you know, they have the ability to do it if they're tight with the uh, the military. Interesting, uh, China, interesting. China, so, China just announced that they did something oh, I know. like this. Move. Yeah.
1: No, again, it's uh-huh. not—you um, know, it may sound outlandish, but, you know, it's not, it's not out of the question. The reason I don't buy it is for what I said, uh, because I don't think that the poor weather— Helps her. I think the poor weather actually would help Trump. So I don't think that that makes makes a lot of sense necessarily. Uh, Pamela, any predictions? I imagine you're going with the conventional wisdom that Trump wins big tonight.
4: Uh, well, let's just hope uh, uh, we, we pray All right. for the uh, salvation of the country. And I don't
1: want to be nuked. you and me both that's one thing I think we all agree on thanks Pamela 800-848-9222 oh let me mention this this is kind of cool speaking of archaeology and things like that archaeologists have discovered a constellation of ancient Amazonian structures in what's now modern day Ecuador it's according to new research published yesterday flourishing for about a thousand years two millennia ago The settlements are believed to have been populated by 30,000 residents at their peak, roughly equal to London under the Roman Empire at the same time. Isn't this crazy? So the complex was discovered using LIDAR, light detection and ranging, a technique in which variations in surface heat are measured using airborne laser mapping. The approach allows researchers to penetrate dense, forest canopies or layers of earth revealing what lies underneath without labor-intensive field work and digs. So I think this is really interesting because this find of this these new ancient Amazonian structures that was once a thriving society follows a number of other similar discoveries in recent years, including this sprawling urban network In the Bolivian Amazon two years ago, you know, there's so many mysteries that we talk about in space. There are so many mysteries that we talk about underneath the surface of the ocean. But the truth is there are a lot of lost civilizations that we don't know existed. And this was one. It's kind of cool they got discovered like this. 800-848-9222. 800 9222 Paul, what's on your mind, Paul?
5: Hey, good morning, Frank. Morning. Um, You know that there's a, uh, a British announcer. He's from BBC. He's a tall guy. I forgot his name. Curly hair. He's narrating a video of NASA. NASA actually has a weather machine, a cloud-making machine. Anybody can look this video up. It's a mixture of H2O um, and something else. And they make these huge clouds out of this machine. He's standing a quarter mile away from the machine in the video. And you hear him say the ground shaking as his machine is, is humming. You see this cloud go up into the air, very visible. And it takes on the form of actual rain clouds and an hour later it was raining in Kentucky. So it's somewhere in the middle America states that they have it. I I forget where, but if you look this video up you'll you'll see exactly everything I'm talking about. So, Paul- so if they have this
1: go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish your yeah, thought. Right. Finish your thought. Well,
5: I'm saying if they have this, they can make this. They can make it rain anywhere they want with this machine. What else are they, can they do with the weather?
1: Right. Well, I, I, when we had the conversation about um, chemtrails, a lot of people raised that very possibility. Do you buy this? Do you buy that they're doing this to benefit Nikki Haley politically?
5: <laughs> I, don't I don't know about that. I yeah, don't know about that. See I think that- they have other agendas.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I with
5: you. I have you. more
1: agendas. All right, Paul, thank you. 800-848-9222. I, I, I am saying, I'm going on record as saying, I don't buy it. And again, I'm not even sure Laura Loomer was telling the truth, but I'm going to reach out to her to, and see if she wants to come on tomorrow and uh, talk about this. 800 848 Frankie is in Atlantic Highlands. Hello, Frankie. Yeah, hi, Frank.
5: I mean, it's so obvious. We can't wait for Trump. We have to create and ignite a voice of humanity, of of every human species on this planet. And we're capable of igniting a voice of humanity to stop 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 these wars, to stop it. And that voice would would become, uh, supersede... It would supersede any powers that be. Think about it. What is you if human beings are are, are in the image of creation, then we have a responsibility and the it's it's more than eighty percent of us that was persistently call for the stoppage of these wars.
1: Well uh, these look, wars, Frankie, we destroy I, ourselves. I agree, not on the species situation, but I agree. That war is something that does not benefit the public. I mean, if you're, and thanks for the call, Frankie, and I don't think there's been a more active anti-war voice on commercial radio than me. I mean, maybe there has, but I don't know that there has been. If you look at, let's say you're a farmer or a factory worker and you're just an average, ordinary guy, what benefit is it to you for your country to go to war With another country. It's not. It's the ultimate failure of the state. And so when you go to war, right, when you, and look, in places like Ukraine and Russia where they have conscription, and in Ukraine they've run out of soldiers, they're making people that should be retirement age, that are practically eligible for Medicare, they're enlisting them because they're running out of troops out there in Ukraine. So if you're one of these people that's being summoned to go risk your life and die, in Russia or Ukraine. How are you benefiting from this? You're not. You're not. I mean, it's just the people who do benefit from these wars, whoever that is, and there's multiple different entities, they have to convince you that you need to risk your life in order to X, Y, Z. And it's just the... In the history of human civilization, this infatuation with violence and war, which honestly is historically much more reduced now than it was 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. War used to be even more common than it is today. But war as a method for countries settling their disputes, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd because the people in those countries that are cannon fodder, they're not, they never benefit. How does the average person benefit from a war? You don't. So 800 848 9222 Um Laden is here. We'll talk with him and then we'll we'll have more time for some of your calls in a bit. This is the other side of midnight. Straight ahead.
0: The other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Side of midnight with Frank Morano. On the bank of the river stood running bear, young Indian brave on the other side of the river stood his lovely Indian maid,
5: little white dove was of her name. Such a lovely sight to see, but they're tribes,
1: but with each the other, great Johnny Preston so at uh, 34 minutes after be. the hour. Are you ready? You've had a whole weekend to prepare yourself. Hopefully you are prepared because around the galaxy, around the globe, around the country, around the region, the, there is one man who has a nose for news, and he knows... What's news? Stand by for the other side of midnight's news.
0: From New York City, the other side of midnight and its affiliated stations present national and international news with Frank Murano and news director, Noam Laden. Their summary of the world news and personal comments. Get the rest of the story.
6: Hello, no. Good morning, Frank. This is um, high tourist season for some places right. around the world because the regular summer tourists are gone, and usually it's an older crowd, senior citizens, out trying to take advantage of quieter places. Mm-hmm. And one of the big places to go always doesn't really matter what time of year is Barcelona. I mean, just a fantastic. Have city. you been? Uh, I've never been. But I've heard I it's am, great.
1: I've heard the same thing. I've heard it's great.
6: I've had uh, lots of family members go, but I've never gone. But someday, maybe. So in Barcelona, they've had these heat waves over the years that have just lasted for long periods of time. They've seen these weather patterns change over the last couple of decades like so many other countries have. In fact, uh, over the last year... Uh, Last 10 years, the summer season has increased by 10 days per decade since the 80s. Wow. So it's almost like it's summer there all the time. And now they're going through this water shortage that is unbelievable. They have seen just no rain for months on end. So now it's, uh, again, it's always tourist season in Barcelona, but it's a little higher now. They are telling people who come to the country that you are not going to be able to shower as often as you want to. And this doesn't just apply to people who live in the city who uh, won't be able to shower, but this applies to tourists as well. So... Uh, The daily water consumption limit in Barcelona today is 200 liters per person. So to put this in context, a five-minute shower on average uses about 90 liters.
1: Oh, okay. So basically, you're doing a a, a 10-minute shower.
6: Yeah. So, but... You uh, use water for all kinds of oh, other things uh, right. as well. Okay, so the that's washing it. machine. Showing, the, uh, right, you know, right, right, right. For drinking. S- for drinking. For drinking. Right. And so, uh, what a lot of people were doing in Barcelona, the natives, they're skipping the showers altogether to save water for other things because they don't, there's huge fines if you go over that mm, 200 boy. liter limit. And what hotels have been told is that you can't take on as many guests as you normally do because you're <laughs> going to go over this limit. So they've now canceled some reservations for people who have made them and people who might have made trips to Barcelona or maybe thinking about going elsewhere. Oh, boy. And it has gotten just totally out of hand. And there's no rain in the forecast. I mean really they're looking for weeks, you know, sometimes you can take a week or two look ahead to see what's going on. Nothing in the forecast. <sighs> so if you are in Barcelona and you're saying to yourself, wow, the BO here is just incredible. <laughs> well now you understand why. <laughs> oh jeez, yeah.
1: Uh maybe I'm not in such a hurry to get there after all.
6: No, yeah. I I mean the nightlife when I hear is just fantastic.
1: Okay, I mean, well, you know, but I'd like, you know, showered people to and all these Yeah, love. not stinky people. Right, exactly.
6: Why does every crook or murderer have three names?
1: Ah, I have wondered this for years. Did you ever see the movie Conspiracy Theory? No. You know, I I, I saw it in theaters. Mel Gibson is pretty interesting. Uh, I think Sir Patrick Stewart and Julia Roberts are in it. And obviously, you know, because we, we cover a lot of these issues on uh, this show, uh, so it's very much up my alley, but I, I saw it even, you know, back at the time. And Mel Gibson's character is obsessed with conspiracy theories and... The Catcher in the Rye, which uh, Hinkley had, you know, on, not Hinkley, um, um, uh, Mark David Chapman had on him when he shot uh, John Lennon. Right. And, you know, that comes up in the film. They always say, why do all these guys have three names? And then people point out, well, what about Hinkley? And then uh, Mel Gibson's character says, well, it's because Reagan didn't die. If Reagan would have died,
6: then we would have called him, (laughs) he would have called
1: three names. But it's a good question.
6: I'm sorry I asked the question because I'm actually not going to answer that here. That's that's a great question. this guy does have three names. Bruce Edward Bell. He is a 71-year-old, a serial bank robber. And I'd love to get into the mind of this guy. Maybe we can reach out to him. He has been behind bars for over 40 years for bank robberies. And a number of them. So in other words, he serves some time. He gets out. Then he robs another bank. He gets busted, put behind bars. And he's done this his whole life. He's now 71. His latest time is he gets out at 71. He's out from behind bars, free to do whatever he wants. Uh, he's on parole. But, uh, you know, it's not like they're watching a 71 year old so closely. Right. So what does he do? He's out just a couple days. He robs another oh, bank, and in a, man. a very intense way, he walks into this bank in Sun Valley. He tells the woman behind the counter that he has a gun. He forces her into this restricted area because he knows banks well from robbing so many of them. He tells her, if you don't fill this bag with cash, I'm going to kill you. So she fills it with about $60,000, which is a lot of money. He then walks out of the bank, thinks he's uh, scot-free, but he's not because every bank's got a million cameras. There's a million cameras just everywhere. It captures pictures of him driving away in a Volvo. And now, yeah, no surprise, he's back behind bars. And the thought is, if he's convicted, which he likely will be, don't know whether he had a gun or not, but even just the threat of that enforcing this woman through all that likely will spend the rest of his life behind bars. But, again, he was out. At 71, you think... By the time you're 71, you say, maybe I've learned my lesson, it's time to well, move on. Well, you know,
1: what happens with some people is they become so accustomed to prison life that they don't necessarily mind being caught and going back to prison. If that's the only life he knows, and if he's struggling right. to do things like uh, find a job and uh, find a, a residence where that he can pay the rent, if the alternative is, all right, let me take my shot, and if I get caught, well, I'm no worse off than I was you know, six months ago, a lot of these guys make that Calculation. Yeah,
6: that's true. You don't know when you're out in daily life, you don't know what it brings you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're in jail, you know what every day brings you.
1: <laughs> and, and you know, as sad as it is, I know, uh, I mean, he wouldn't, it wouldn't apply to him because he's eligible for Medicare, but I know some people that need uh, some sort of health care or health procedure and they're not able to afford health insurance. So they commit a crime so that they get the health care for is that free. Really in true? prison, really? Yes. There's um, multiple instances really? of that happening, wow. Michelle. That's I'll crazy. share with you. Yeah, oh. it is crazy. But, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, you have one more for us? Uh, sure.
6: Great. So, people are crazy about Disney. Are you one of those people who just thinks Disney is the greatest thing I, ever? I'm
1: not, but my father and stepmother are. They're there right now, and uh, my Uncle John is down there with them. They're, they're they're all about it. They're all about it. You know, you can do
6: just about everything there. You can get married. You can propose to your fiancé. You can throw parties for a 100th mm-hmm. birthday. But the one thing up until now, that you could not do is have a baby on the premises, at least not on purpose, anyway. So
1: You mean deliver a baby? Yes. Okay.
6: So there's been four or five instances where people have gone into labor and had their kids at Disney World, but it was accidental. I mean, they weren't planning to. They were there late into their labor, and then they had the babies. But now, the Magic Kingdom Maternity Award, you ready for this? $5,000. It offers you a magical setting for moms-to-be uh, it is twice the cost of a regular hospital, uh, and the, the average one anyway, but in return, you'll get the experience of having a birth while enjoying the breathtaking view of the iconic Cinderella, Cinderella castle outside your window. Now, why does anybody want this? Well, because people are just crazy about uh, Disney. So um, the one catch... And we couldn't confirm any of this, by the way, but I think the story is true. Disney not, did not get back to me over the weekend. Usually they get back to you right away. Mm-hmm. I got nothing, which makes me think there might be some truth to this story. The other part is, uh, so it's $5,000 for the maternity ward. That comes with, they say, the best doctors Florida has. The um, You'll go there, I guess, a couple days before you're ready mm-hmm. to um, uh, give that give birth to that baby. You'll get these well-trained doctors. Uh, you also have to buy uh, tickets to the theme park as part of this deal. So that, I don't know why they would throw that in on top of the $5,000, but that's part of this deal, apparently. Does the
1: child about to be born need a ticket, or does the child skate? I don't think so. I okay. think the
6: child uh, is okay. So. Now, the rumor for years was, if you went into labor at Disney World and then actually had your baby there, that the child would get a lifetime ticket to Disney World for being born at Disney World, That, we were able to confirm, is 100% not true. Right, okay. That makes sense. (laughs) So so five grand, which doesn't seem ridiculous, by the way. Uh, You apparently can have this baby. It's right if you are somebody who's a Disney fanatic, you'll know who this is. It's Casey's Corner on Main Street. That has this dead-on view of Cinderella's Castle. They'll set up the maternity ward up there, and you'll be able to have your baby uh, right there in Disney World.
1: Now— Um, As of now, is this just a Disney World thing or is this likely to expand to Disneyland and elsewhere?
6: I don't know because, like I said, I couldn't get confirmation from the Disney people themselves that that this is actually a true thing.
1: Are you a Disney person? No. No. See, I I mean, I am not against it, but I I just feel like as as an adult – You know, once you've been, yeah. You know, I'm I'm going out there. I think in March because my father is having a a milestone birthday, and that's where he wants to have his party. He did his fortieth out there, and I think his sixtieth. So he's doing another milestone birthday uh, out there. But honestly, you know, I don't have the kind of enthusiasm. I'm hoping that you know, by the time we go in March, Carmine will be. You know, old enough to appreciate some of the things that you could do. I mean, there's not a lot of rides that you can do, but you can do the teacups, I would imagine, and things like that.
6: I remember uh, taking my kids when they were younger. The overstimulation would get to them, and like midway through the day, there'd just be this complete and utter meltdown. Really? And you'd look around and you think, like, are this just my kids that I've paid all this money to come to Disney World, right. and they Ugh. are just crying, right? And now, uh, sure enough, everybody. <laughs> Everybody else is going through the same thing because oh, it the stimulation is just constant. And after a while, you know, as a kid, yeah, you can't take I was about take it.
1: five the first time I, I went. And I think that's a good Yeah, that's probably first good age. age yeah. uh, because I remember most right. of that trip. You know, at two or three, you're not really going to remember anything. No. But whatever. You know, you got to go. You, 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 it's
6: exactly. Disney World, right. It's mandatory.
1: Exactly. All right. Thank you, Noam. Mm-hmm.
5: And now you know the rest of the story.
0: Sign at Midnight with Frank Morano. it's
1: it is the other side, of midnight. I'm Frank Morano, I'll tell you, we give um We give uh, Matt Blaze one day off. The guy calls in sick once. Uh, The whole place goes to chaos. We miss you, Matt, if you're listening. Hopefully you are and you have a speedy recovery. Hey, I did want to mention... That, uh, you know, I'm, we're now in film season. Uh, tonight is the Emmy Awards. I, I have no real interest. I'll probably watch football instead. But um, since the Golden Globes, I've been trying to catch up on all the films that I have not seen for uh, 2023. So I, re- I y- uh, over the weekend, my wife and I watched a film called NIAD. It's available on Netflix. If you have Netflix, it's free. And uh, it was really, really interesting and really well done. I don't want to tell you too much about it because I had heard of Diana Nyad before. I knew she was a swimmer. I knew she was involved in sports, did some commentating, and was kind of a motivational speaker. But I didn't know any of the details of her life and her career. And you know what? I was so glad to see this film um, without knowing the real-life history behind it, because it is based on a a true story, but uh, it was not a true story that I knew. So what what I would encourage you is see this film, but if you don't know the details of Diana Nyad's life and what she's famous for and that kind of thing, don't look them up in advance. See the film first. It's It's a biographical sports drama film about Diana Nyad and certain things that she's tried to do in her life but it's so much better than that in some ways it is very formulaic just like Rocky and just like the Karate Kid and a lot of typical sports movies of somebody trying to do the impossible and there's all these things that are at stake and but it's so well done it stars uh Annette Bening as Diana Nyad, and Jodie Foster as her friend and her swimming coach. It is wonderful acting. It's a great story. And I know I went after I saw the film and looked up what was accurate and what was not accurate. And there's a couple things in there that they took artistic liberties with. But you know what? It's It's a movie. You know, that's what you do with movies is you take artistic liberties. So in any event, uh, I really recommend this a lot. The acting is great. The it's so beautifully shot. They have these gorgeous underwater photography scenes. There's beautiful landscapes of Cuba, Florida, of California. And the music is great. The music is very fitting for the, you know, for the whole thing. And it's no wonder that at the Golden Globes, both Annette Bening and Jodie Foster received nominations for Best Actress in a Drama and Best Supporting Actress in a Drama. Either of them or both of them could win the Academy Award. I thought it was um, a really terrific film. My wife liked it, too. It was at one point in the film where we were both in tears. And, you know, neither of us knew anything about Diana Nyad or her life before. I also think it's a really empowering film for women. And it's really the kind of thing that uh, if you have a daughter, particularly a daughter or uh, a young woman that is involved in or interested in sports, it's definitely something worth seeing. I also think because it involves a character that's older, trying to do the things that uh, she tried to do when she was younger. I also think it's incredibly empowering towards senior citizens. You know, even though with the baby boomer population getting older and older, there are more older folks than ever. I uh, I do tend to think that there's a glorification and a glamorization of youth, and I thought it was great to have an older character to set an example for older folks that show that you, can, you were really, you know, you could still do things. Hey, um, I, as you know, am a fan of The Honeymooners, and unfortunately, the last of The Honeymooners has passed away at the age of 99. Joyce Randolph, who played... Trixie Norton in the classic sitcom and was the last survivor of this cast of four that dominated Saturday Night TV in the 50s and have dominated the reruns of television for the last 70 years, passed away and uh, died at her home in Manhattan at the age of 99. I never got to meet her, never got to interview her, but I have uh, a lot of friends, not a lot of friends, a few friends that were friendly with her, and they said she was just as dynamic, just as engaging in um you know in real life as she was on television hey uh tony are you able to play that uh clip of uh of joyce randolph from the honeymooners can you play that for us all right tony's working on that we're we, we had to go to an alternative microphone but as we play this i'm going to try to i think they've fixed the studio i'm going to try and go back towards the uh main microphone we'll see how that goes and then we'll do 15 seconds of fame in a moment when i can um you know play that uh just play yeah go ahead and play that all right do do we have that don't get smart don't get smart i'll tell her when
5: i'm ready Well, you better tell her, because if she comes tomorrow with you, you are going to be the laughingstock. Don't worry about me. Just you make sure that you tell Trixie that she's not going. All right, all right, I'll tell her. And listen, Brother Crandon, next time you're ready to make a speech, will you do me a favor? Shut up. Hey, wait a minute. Alice, come out here. Now, look, Alice, I'm going to tell you something. I've made up my mind about it, so there's no sense in trying to change my mind. Let's not do any hollering, screaming, or yelling. You are not going on a fishing trip.
1: I am going.
5: You're not going.
4: I am going.
5: You're not going!
4: I am going! The
5: only place you're going is to the moon!
4: (laughs) You get this, Ralph, and get it straight. When you're on that fishing trip tomorrow, I'm gonna be there too.
5: You can't go. All the guys voted unanimously that we can't take the wives with us. None of the wives are going.
4: None of the wives are going? Well, for your information, Trixie's going.
5: Oh, is that so, Mrs. Weisenheimer? Well, for your information, she's not going because Norton's on his way up to tell her she can't go. Uh... Didn't I tell you Trixie's going?
1: I don't care if she's going. You're not going. So uh, that actually was not as focused on Joyce Randolph as I had hoped. That was mostly about Alice and Ralph, but uh, Elias is doing the best that he can here. But uh, she was a television legend. She appeared in the program's heyday from 1951 to 1957 because first it was a skit on Cavalcade of Stars. Then it was a segment on the Jackie Gleason show. And then they did a half-hour CBS series of only 39 episodes. And then they brought it back as part of the Jackie Gleason show again. So we miss her and uh, we wish her the best. All right. Now time for you to be heard for 15 seconds as part of
0: the other side of midnight. This is 15 seconds of fame.
1: Good
4: morning, Frank minus 10 with blizzard conditions in Iowa today. You sound like a global warming denier in actuality in Iowa today, 72 degrees and sunny. Stop spreading fake news.
3: Neil. Gee, Frank, that was some clip. It was like Walter Cronkite announcing the death of Kennedy, but instead talking about how to cook a turkey.
1: Raji. Rita. Instead of vociferously lusting,
2: give everything you can once and more. Rick.
6: Frank, in 2007, 2011, the government forced us to use biofuel. 6% of our food crops got taken away. That caused food riots in over 20 countries, and some countries, they actually, people ate their dogs and cats.
2: Robert. Where'd you get Fred Medske from?
1: I don't understand all the stuff he's denying about the immigrants. All right, that slams the lid on things for today. Back tomorrow, God willing, Frank Moreno. Good day.